0: Hey everyone again this morning. Today uh, we're starting our brand new series which is called Chasing Shadows and and I'm excited for this series and and today my goal goal is to kind of set a bit of a scene for everybody. So of of some of the basics and how we read uh, the old. Uh, like it's the new. And, and, and so we're going we're gonna to talk about that. We're going to have a conversation about that. But a couple of things I want to let you know about before we get going. I, I wanted to personally say a huge thank you to, uh, to all our church family. If you call uh, Elam your church, home, the, the vision offering was absolutely incredible right across our campuses. And, and so after church, we've started already from, from just the, the incredible heart and, and giving from, from our congregation here. That You'll see in their power zone room where all your children are having a big party there this morning. Uh, we've been able to carpet the rest of that hall over there. So just to make it a bit warmer in the summer and, and maybe take a little bit of noise out. But go and check that out afterwards. That's an amazing, amazing space for our kids. I, I, I was actually thinking, to be honest, where they had lights and they've got bouncy castles out there today, I thought, oh, I'm quite keen to be in there today. That was amazing what they had going on there. It's just incredible. So, uh, And the other thing I want to let you know about is in our second service, if you're new to Elam or, or maybe you've been with us for a, for a while there but never done our, a uh, growth track uh, that is going to be during our second service a brand new uh, revised uh, uh, program that is a course for three weeks where you'll discover what God has placed in your life and in your heart and what is Elam all about so can I encourage you to, to sign up with that or you can actually just turn up for coffees and donuts uh, at 11 o'clock in the cafe over there uh, as well, so part one, part one of our series called chasing shadows and and, and it 's a series there where we 're going to find places where Jesus is revealed in the Old Testament uh, and bring some of those practical instructions and application forward to to us today uh, because the Old Testament it paints many pictures uh, as a foreshadow of Jesus to come and, and what He will do and His purpose. Now, now the Cambridge Dictionary says this. It says that, that a foreshadow is an event that acts as a warning or a sign of a future event. Uh, see, the stories and the events of the Old Testament are a foreshadow of a future event. And that event is the coming of Jesus Christ as the Savior of the world. Come on, why don't we pray right now? Father, Lord, I thank you that you're with us. I thank you that you're here. And Almighty God, I pray right now, Lord, would you, would you come and would you speak to our hearts, Lord God? Lord, I pray as we open your word, I, Lord, I pray whether whether uh, the people here this morning, Father God, or uh, maybe a first time into church or whether they've been to church for many, many years. Lord, I pray, would you speak to all of us, Lord God, I pray. Plant something in our hearts, Lord Jesus, where we, we discover and know and feel another aspect of who you are, and that you're alive and you're real to us today. So Lord, we praise you and we thank you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. I mean, wasn't our worship team amazing this morning? Can we give them a big round of applause? And the guys at the back, I thought they were absolutely uh, incredible today. Tina doing a fantastic job. So let's start with some of the basics, everybody. Now, now the Bible, the Bible is is the account of God's action in the world. And, and, and it's about His purpose with all of creation. And the writing of the Bible, maybe if you are here for the first time, or, or I would say that you're not normally a church person, I'm going to fill you in with a couple of things uh, as we get started. The, the writing of the Bible it, it took place over 16 centuries and, and is the work of over 40 human authors, and, and, but it's an amazing collection of 66 books over two sections the Old Testament. And the New Testament, and, and all containing uh, God's desires and His plans and His purposes for us. That was God's desire in His heart that He wanted us to know. It, but it's a continuous story. It's a relevant story. It's a living and breathing and active book for us today. It's not a, it's not a book that you can just leave on the shelf, or it's not a writing that is, is obsolete or not relevant to us today. Can I say, the uh, Bible is living and breathing and active and reality for us today. It, it's actually this. The, the Word of God is, well, is another name that we call the Bible, and it's, it's a guide for living life to the full. It, it's like a roadmap for us to live. It, it's like a storehouse of, of incredible stories that will help us in our daily lives. It's a refuge for us when we're in trouble. It's a, it's a treasury of insight as to who we are. You're, you're not just a robot here uh, on an aimless journey. There's a plan for your life, and, and it's a source book of for everyday living. Augustine, he said this. He said, the old is in the new revealed, and the new is in the old concealed. Uh, so, so how do we read the Old Testament? How do we read this book? And, and, and he, here's the thing. Jesus, uh, as we've just come out of Easter, so Jesus is the Christ. He, he's the Messiah, and he's revealed throughout the Old Testament just like a shadow That stretches across the horizon and time. It it all points to Jesus. It all points to Jesus. I'm going to need your help here in a second. So lift your voices with me if you know. It's all about Jesus being at the center of it. It's Jesus at the center of it all. Come on, just over. Jesus at the center of it all. Come on down the back, bit quiet. From beginning to the end, it will always be, always be you, Jesus. Come on, front row. Jesus. Louder front row. Come on. Everybody, help me out. Uh, Jesus at the center of it all. If you don't know the words, just make it up. Uh, Jesus at the center of it all. All the boys. From beginning to the end, it will all... Oh, boys, come on. There will always be a new Jesus, Jesus, Jesus at the center of it all. The heart of the gospel, the heart of the Old Testament is that Jesus is at the center of it all. See, Luke 24, verse 44 and 49, and uh, you'll see our uh, uh, scriptures and, and, and some notes coming up on the screens there. But if, if you've got a smartphone, if you can download the Elam Christian Center app as well. There's notes there that you can look at and uh, the message you can listen to afterwards. You just grab the app out. We've got some free Wi-Fi there. You can just jump into that. But Luke 24, verse 44 to 49, it says this. And this is Jesus speaking. He said to them, this is what I told you while I was with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, This is what is written. And remember, this is written many, many years before Jesus. He said, This is what is written the Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning. At Jerusalem, you are my witnesses of these. And and this is an incredible passage of scripture. It's not just a text, because Jesus proclaims that the gospel uh, is his life, and the ministry and the the old is uh, the Old Testament is central to uh, the law, the prophetic promises, and worship. That Scripture teaches us that the Old Testament is is to be interpreted in the light of revealing who Jesus is. His work and his his purposes uh, for for us—it's all about Jesus being at the center of it all. And and one story where we see Jesus is clearly repeated and foreshadowed is throughout the Exodus story, right? Uh, Exodus—if is if you're not aware of Exodus—is the second book of the Old Testament. And and can I encourage you to read it through this week? And uh, some of the main characters in that is a guy called Moses, and there's a bunch of people called the Israelites, and. There's a, there's a king called the Pharaoh, and uh, it's about Egypt. It's about lots and lots of plagues. It's, it's got a, a, geographically, it's got a place called the Red Sea in there, and, and, and there's all characteristics for this story. It's, if you're into Disney movies, it's the Prince of Egypt. Everybody's, ah, oh, yeah, I remember that. Everybody's watched the Prince of Egypt. It, it's that story, but it's a biblical story, and it's a, a story of God redeeming people and saving people, intervening in situations. And and, and we're just really quickly in in this couple of minutes going to just unpack this so I can show you some things where Jesus is foreshadowed even in the old, where there's some things that are going to be revealed to you. It's my prayer, revealed things in the old that will affect you uh, for tomorrow and for the rest of your life. See, see, the story begins. It begins with God making a promise to a group of people, uh, to make them His own. And His people are, are taken into slavery. They're oppressed and they're ruled by a, a godless and cruel masters. They were, they were terrible. That, that's a picture of, of, of sin and the devil, our enemy, who is against us, to a, a cruel master who will crush and keep people enslaved. See, these people, are, they're unable to save themselves. That's the Israelites. So, so God Himself intervenes to rescue them from their slavery and to deliver them into freedom all by His miraculous hand. That's where, you know, when Moses comes along, he's great to help be God's man to rescue them. That, that's a foreshadow. That's a picture and part of that story of, of Jesus coming and how He would give Himself uh, and and to, to die and to rise again, like a rescue package for all humanity. It's a great picture, a foreshadow of what was to come. See, then after rescuing his people out of Egypt, you know the story. Uh, let my people go. I will not let your people go. Let your people, that one, that song. As, as the people are, are releasing, God continues to lead his people. Uh, after, and, and through the rescue out of Egypt, God's work with His people continues uh, as He seeks to get the Egypt, their past, their things out of them. There's a saying that says that, that God rescued His people, but there was a journey that they had to go to get the Egypt out of them so they could step into what God had for them. It's a picture, it's a foreshadow of, of the cleansing power of the gospel, what Jesus did to us, that He would make us holy even when we don't deserve it. Another picture in this story is is that God continues to lead His people even when they grumble, even when they moan against their Moses, even when they say we would be better going back there to be slaves than wandering around in this desert. It's a picture of, of how people wrestling with God. They're wrestling with their flesh. When we're in tough situations, it's like, God, where are you? What are you doing? We would be better back there. It's a picture of, I think, probably a pretty relevant picture for for you and I at times. uh, When it's like, when things are getting a bit tough, when things are getting a bit hard, it's like, God, why did we come here? We should have just stayed there. Even though there wasn't that great. but God and his, his faithfulness uh, the next picture is that he he persists and he continues to lead his people to to provide for their needs out of his love and as he leads them on a journey to land uh, and of rest and promise, it's like a foreshadow. There's a promised land for the people that he, would, he was going to give them. It's like a foreshadow in the Old Testament, in the Old of heaven, that there's a place for you, that there's a place for us, a place that he promises to give to his people. What an incredible, incredible picture. See, God's interaction with his people is clearly that of a God who is alive, a God who speaks, a God who acts. A God who, who loves, who, who judges sin, who delivers, who redeems, who provides, and who is present with them. He is always present. Exodus chapter 6, verse 6. I challenge you to read the whole book of Exodus this week. Go, do one or two a day. It's a fascinating story. Because uh, uh, my, my goal is that maybe you'd be enlightened to see some pictures of Jesus in the Old Testament, in Exodus, in the story Chapter six, verse six, it says, for I am the Lord and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will deliver you from slavery to them and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great acts of judgment. See, the Bible is just not another bunch of stories of fairy tales, of night reading before you go to sleep. It's not that kind of book. The Bible is one continuous story that points the way to Jesus. So so what does this foreshadow of Jesus in the old reveal to us today? I've got three quick fire things for us today that that I believe that can help us in our journey today and tomorrow, the rest of our week. Here's the first thing. The Exodus story shows us that there is an intervention plan. There is an intervention plan. See, have you ever fallen into a hole? And not being able to get out. Uh, the, I, we used to live on a farm up at Maraito. It was an amazing property, and and it was uh, the the farmer we would just rented a little house. See, the farmer would let me uh, ride my motorbike. I bought this old motocross motorbike to ride up the hills and things. But this one time, uh, I thought I can get down there. That's no problem at all. Uh, when you got down, the problem is the bigger problem is getting back up again. Uh, so so I managed to get down okay, but on the way coming back up, uh, I, I hit quite a large hole or I floated into a hole uh, and and the bike went that way I went straight up and back that way down the hill my problem was there was a giant gorse bush right behind me Uh, so I land in the gorse bush Uh, the bike lands right beside me and I could not get out I managed to scramble out myself but then I'm I'm thinking how do I get this bike out i tried for about an hour and the sun was going down i could not get it out it was like being in the deepest of holes i needed help to get out i i I actually needed an intervention to be able to get this out because otherwise it was going to spend the rest of its days in a gorse bush up a hill if you've watched bondi rescue uh, that, that program on tv where the lifeguards save people from sea who get caught in rips and they get taken out to sea? You, you'll know that there's a point where people uh, people come to and that they are stuck. There's no way out. They've tried everything. They they start to start to think like this is I'm going to die. This is life and death right then. And what they do is they lift their hand. Immediately the guard see,s and they jump on their surfboard. They jump in a boat. They come out to rescue. They intervene, and that intervention changes that life. It saves a life. I believe, I know that whatever part of life you are, whatever stage of life you're at, maybe you're in the hole right now. Maybe you're in the situation there's no way through, no way out. I want you to know today that I believe God's got an intervention plan for you. We, we, we read about it in his word and sometimes it's getting the, the words that we read in the Old Testament and the stories, the pictures we see of Jesus from out of our heads, just as knowledge but into our hearts that it's transforming and that can it change your life see what you put into here is what will come out of here, if you put rubbish in, you're going to get rubbish out if you put negative stuff in, you're going to get negative stuff out it sounds crazy to want to put negative stuff in right? But if we're all really honest, that's kind of what we do some days. I I, I want you to to look at your Bible or to look at the Word of God in a different way and see Jesus, Harry, is the center of it all. There's an intervention plan because if you get into it, if you dig into it, if you read the story, you will see all the promises that he has for you. You will see that he has an intervention plan for you. He's done it before. He will do it again. The second thing is this. The second thing is this. The Exodus story, it shows us that we can find freedom. See, when God rescued his people from bondage and from the slavery, he didn't just finish with an intervention, but he continued a process to rid them of that Egypt that was in them. that They could find freedom from their experiences and from their past. And, and see, the truth was is that, uh, that the Israelites in Egypt, under that kind of bondage and in slavery, it messed with them. They didn't trust, they were, they were hurt, they were bruised, they, were, they were, it felt like they were abandoned and, and used and abused and from that extreme hardship uh, in Egypt. And there's a word that we don't, you might not have heard before, but it's a, it's a good old uh, Christian word and it's called sanctification. Sanctification, this is what it means. Sanctification is the process of cleansing and washing something clean, so clean that it becomes brand new sanctification that's how we find freedom see some years ago i was i was on a team that were were helping and working in a a prison doing a bit of prison ministry and every person i spoke to in prison said this that they couldn't wait to get out and have their freedom back we've got a friend uh, who, who has just started chemotherapy for stage three breast cancer And her hair just out for that. She can't wait to finish six rounds of treatment, to start living again. She can't wait to have her freedom back. How much is your freedom worth to you today? How do everyday people like you and I find freedom? How do we find and get our freedom back? Well, we find freedom in community. We find freedom in community. We find freedom by doing life together. And, and, and I'm unashamedly going to give it to you again. If you're, if you're at Elam, uh, call this place your home here at Elam. Our process and, and our structure, we are intentionally uh, saying that you find freedom in community and the small groups is that place. Small groups is a place where you do life together. You support each other. You pray for each other. We've even got a motorbike small group. Uh, there's guys and girls who are, I was going to say, into their motorbikes. You, you That's a small group. you go for it. There's going to be a classic car small group stuff for all the petrol heads around the place. Get into that. But here's the thing. I want to, I want to speak to a myth that's out there about small groups. Because uh, the myth is this, is that if I go to one, I've got to bear my soul in the first five minutes. I've got to tell my deepest, darkest secrets, and we've got to hold hands while singing Kumbaya in the candlelight. If that's your youth group, uh, your, your small group, by the way, let's chat later, eh? Uh, but <laughs> that's not what it's about. Small groups are, have an intention, a sole purpose of helping people to discover freedom. And we find freedom in community by what Jesus has done for us, but with some support and with help. It's actually more about when the relationship and friendships are formed that naturally we'll want to take the mask off because we need help. It's not brave to, ask for, to not ask for help. Can I be as bold to say it's actually really stupid to not ask for help? God gave it all. It's like the free gift is there. We can find freedom in community. So join us, small group, this week and over the next couple of weeks, we will find freedom by allowing God to touch our lives on this journey of forgiveness. Third and final thing is this. We've got to wrap up really quickly here. Uh, Third and final thing is this. There is a favored destination. We learn from the Exodus story that there was a place, there was a destination for the people of God. And the Exodus story of of God's people who were from Egypt uh, in that land, that He was going to give them a land, a special place. And they called it the promised land. It it was a place that they could call home. And, and, And this is what I believe, He's got a place for you too. He's got a a promised land for you and it's a place to call home. And last week we celebrated Easter. Maybe you celebrated Easter at at your home church or wherever you you get together. And and we remembered the the finished and the completed work of Jesus Christ on the cross. And we remembered and we celebrated on the third day on the Sunday that He rose from the dead, defeated the power of the enemy of sin and death over our lives. And then it didn't finish there. 40 days after he was raised to life, he ascended to heaven in front of people. He said to them, I'm going to prepare a place for you. It's like a promised land. It's like a, an eternal place for you to call home. Maybe you're here today, and as the band are going to come in a second, and we're going to close in a few minutes, and maybe you're here today, and you might say, Darrell, I've heard what you said today. It was, I'll take some of it on board, and, uh, some of it I, 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 yeah, I'm not sure about, but can I say today that it's about Jesus being at the center of it all. He has prepared a place for you. He ascended to heaven to prepare for you. And the truth is, is that, that God loves you and He made you. He's a great plan for your life. And, and, but we all sin, we all mess up. and we, That sin separates us from God. That's the reality. But God in His grace sent His Son To die on a cross, he took your sin and my sin upon himself, upon his very own body. He broke its power over life that you may find freedom. On the third day, he rose to give us life and life abundantly. He's prepared a place for you, but it all starts with saying yes to Jesus. And right now, can I ask that everyone closes their eyes and heads about and He's prepared a place for you. It's a place called heaven and and it's it's an incredible place. We we kind of think that earth and where we live is just is New Zealand, is God's own. What an incredible place, but heaven is so much better. Here's the thing. Don't live your life like you're gonna miss it. There's a place for you. It starts with Jesus. eh? And this morning, maybe you've never said yes to Jesus. And, and here we, we don't call anybody out. We don't embarrass anybody here because this is between you and God. It's about you saying yes to Jesus if you would like to. So, so what I'm gonna do is I'm, I'm gonna invite you. If you want to say yes to Jesus right now, I'm gonna pray a real simple prayer. And if that's you this morning, just silently in your heart, you just pray this prayer after me. If you wanna say yes to Jesus, the greatest decision ever. Pray this, pray, dear God, Today I choose to give you my life. I make the decision to turn from my old life. Would you come and cleanse me? Wash me clean. Make me brand new. Forgive me of my sin. I want to know you more. So today I give you my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Just wave your eyes still closed and